You are now listening to Operator. Welcome to Sakai Asks, a radio show and podcast here on Operator. My name is Sakai and I'll be asking the questions each episode. I'm a cultural programmer, workshop facilitator, researcher and artist based here in Rotterdam, originally from the UK and originally, originally from Zimbabwe. My research and expertise lie in race, decoloniality, black feminism, healing and joy. This is a show where I pose an overarching question and invite people to explore answers and possibilities with me. I'm interested in having more in-depth, nuanced discussions about important topics with those who have lived experience. So join me as we dive into some juicy topics. Today we are asking, what is it like being a DJ and a black woman? Today I'm joined by two lovely guests, Casia Smith and Deborah Sumter. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, Casia, a bit about you. Casia is a DJ, cultural anthropologist, wife, and most importantly, mother of two little boys. Her love for DJing and vinyl started through her DJ lessons at Hip Hop House 11 years ago. She's also the co-host of the Rotterdam-based event Stir It Up, together with Natalie Saincher, but decided to take a step back last year when she had her second baby. She now has her own radio show called Vibing Out, which you can listen to here on Operator Radio. Welcome, Casia. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And now for a bit about Deborah. So Deborah Sumter, during the day, you can find her working on sustainable design research where she contributes her expertise from her PhD in circular design competencies. Um, But by night, you can find her behind the decks as Deborah X. She is a founding member of Rotterdam's DJ collective Amp Feminine where she brings injections of hard-hitting sounds. She's a force in the booth who whips up dance floor frenzies with track selections that you just can't ignore. And a few of the clubs and festivals that she's played at include Garage Nord, Radio Radio, The School, Lowlands, Horst Festival, Orbit Festival, Wilderberg and Deckmantel. Currently, she's taking some time off to focus on her upcoming transition into motherhood. So welcome, Deborah. Thank you. (laughs) I love these bios. They're really like, oh, very inspiring. Um, So we opened with the track Lying Together by FKJ. Mm -hmm. And Casey, that was your song choice. So can you tell me why you chose that song and if it means anything to you in terms of your relationship to DJing? Well, I... Absolutely love of FKJ. He's like really, he can play like every instrument. If you check him out, he can play like every instrument. He just, he produces like every of his songs, like all of the instruments. So he's really cool. Mm-hmm. I've seen him like a couple of times already live. And then he plays like everything. So I mean, he's like a really cool um, musician. 
But the song also reminds me of um, when we first started with Stir It Up because it was, like, I think, seven years ago or something. Then it was like, there was the song is like from seven years ago. And uh, me and Natalie always played, one of us always played that song in the beginning of the evening. So I don't know, it reminds me of when we started uh, the whole event. So, uh, and I like, and just like, FKI, I just like him. So. So That's good, why, actually. I love it. Good vibes. Very calming. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question to both of you, how did you both become DJs? I don't know. Maybe I'll start with you, Deborah. Um, so I started in 2018 mm-hmm. at Hip Hop House. Actually, it's <laughs> so funny that you're mentioning <laughs> Hip Hop House. It seems like the connecting point between the three, the three of us. Um, I started because I was yeah partying a lot as well <laughs> around that time. And um, I especially... especially was very mesmerized by like people mixing uh, different tracks or DJs mixing different tracks and the blend that kind of, ex- kind of, yeah, how do you say that? Like kind of um, exists or, yeah, I want to say onstaan, like um, um, it emerges, yeah. like this, the, the, the blend that's emerging and <laughs> mm-hmm. going from one song, one track to the, to the, uh, to the other. Um, and I was very obsessed with that. So I was like, <laughs> I think maybe I should start doing it myself. So I started at Hip Hop House, uh, took some lessons, I think two or three seasons. And mm-hmm. then from that, things escalated <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and now we're here. Yeah. I love it. Brilliant. Um, and for you? Ex- yeah, the same. It's Hip Hop House. But actually, when I was 16, I used to dance at Hip Hop House mm-hmm. at the old um, the old uh, location in West, in Rotterdam West. But then when the DJ class started, they were always like really like really grown up guys were always like DJing. So I was like a bit afraid when I was 16 years old. So like, I think like nine years later, Aruna, the director just told me, just go, go, go and have a DJ class. And I'm like, okay, like nine years later. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then I was like hooked. I had like, uh, in, like in six months, I had like two vinyl players at home and I just started um, trying to mix and just get it right. And I have to say, like, Fulcret also inspired me because I always liked his mixtapes. Mm. And I was like, oh, I want to I wanna make this mixtape. I also like really chill mixtapes. I really like the chill vibe from the, G- the DJ uh, sound. So that's how I started, actually. I love that. And the, I suppose it's interesting as well that... Th- is it that you started with vinyl and you started more digitally? Or were you both starting on vinyl? I, uh, at Hip Hop House, I started vinyl. Oh, okay. uh, But then I switched quite quickly to digital because mm-hmm. a lot of the music that I'm playing is also digital. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, I would say like my vinyl playing is not as developed as my digital playing, mm-hmm. uh, but I started vinyl. Yeah. yeah, I think that's also a good way to start out actually because you really have to listen to the tracks and beat match so, um, and learn to do that by ear. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy that I started that way. <laughs> <laughs> And do you feel like there's a, because I know there's some purists out there that are like, no, it should only be vinyl. You have to start in this way. Or do you kind of see the benefits of each? Like, how do you view it? I think for me, vinyl really teaches you how to, what Deborah said, how to listen, how to beat match by ear. So for me, vinyl is, yeah, I would recommend it to everybody. But I think, yeah, it's digital now. If if you want to learn a digital way, I don't, yeah, I don't mind. Just yeah. do you, but... I think for your ear to, to hear it by ear is final. I think is the best way. Mm. Yeah, and I because agree. I learned it, it, but final, I'm really like I'm really the purist for like yeah, no, you should learn final. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose more broadly, um, why do you love DJing? Like, what does it 
bring you like when you're doing a set when you're on the stage when you're in the booth like why why do you enjoy it what does it what does it do for you good question yeah I think for me it's just really brings me joy Mm because it makes me play the music that I love the most Mm -hmm. um it also has me kind of discovering new things making new blends like mixing new tracks together with each other or even going back and being like hey this is the music that I played I don't know a couple of years ago or the track that I was super obsessed about listening to that again uh and it's really connected for me as well to the specific memories Mm. um when you first hear a song or when you hear it over and over maybe during a specific summer um so it's really connected to memories sometimes on the dance floor um so it's overall yeah it just brings me joy (laughs) so also when I when I play especially also for for a crowd and there's a lot of interaction I can really really enjoy that that's like peak happy moments yeah yeah and and what is that like also engaging with the crowd because I imagine when you first start it must be kind of intimidating but it still is I really (laughs) for me sometimes it still is um just because I'm more of an like introvert, I'm mm-hmm. not like super, some, some DJs are really like, you know, out there always yeah. also on social media and everything. And I'm not really like that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be intimidating. Like, especially at first it was like, Oh, a lot of people are watching you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also th- I think that also has to do with the fact that the DJ is now kind of being put on kind of this pedestal high up on a stage, mm-hmm. which I don't really like too much. Mm-hmm. I feel like the DJ is part of the night, but not necessarily should this be the center point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's how things are developing. But if I had to choose, I wouldn't <laughs> organize it that way. Uh, but especially in the beginning, and at some point you get kind of used to the fact that people are like focused on you or focused on, okay, what are you going to play or what's the next next track going to be? Um, yeah, and I feel like also because I, um, as, as, as you develop, you're like, okay, you know what to expect. So Mm -hmm. you're not like, well, at least for me, I'm not super nervous every time. It's just Mm -hmm. maybe if it's like a big event or a big, uh, festival that I played, didn't, yeah, that I really wanted to play at. I'm Mm -hmm. like, ah, Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's like the first 10 minutes and then afterwards it's fine. Yeah. You relax. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and what about you? Like, what do you love about DJing? What does it bring you? I think what Deborah actually said, I mean, the joy it brings, but also um, for me, it's like really uh, selecting the music you really like and just play it for for yourself, for different people. But I have to say, I actually regret not um, doing uh, more uh, like producing because mm-hmm. what Deborah said, I'm... I don't really be like I don't really like to be put on like on this in the spotlight. So mm-hmm. in DJing is really like okay, everybody sees you, blah blah, and you really have to play what the what like the audience, not what the audience wants, but sometimes you have to really feel the audience. And and I'm really like I just want to play what I want to play. So mm-hmm. I'm really like an annoying DJ. Like <laughs> in back nice. in the days, yeah, I was I wasn't really like wanted to play what the, what the crowd wanted to hear. So mm-hmm. for me, I I regret not doing like more producing the side of the producing because mm-hmm. I think that's more where my character really would be better in it because I'm more, I'm not introvert, but I don't really like being on in spotlight. Mm-hmm. But I think the just sharing the music you have and more, so I'm more, I think after the years gone by with Stereo Up and everything, I, I enjoyed more like the chill vibes, more background music kind of vibes. So I don't have the pressure of making people dance. So mm-hmm. for me, it's really spreading like the songs I hear and the, the music I like, so... And it really That's speaks for me. 
Yeah, and it really speaks to the way that um, DJing is... I suppose everyone has a personality within the type of music they're playing. Mm-hmm. So I know whenever I'd come to stir it up, I'd always miss you because you're always like the first person that DJs. And I'm assuming now then it's because you kind of like, you don't want to be so much in the spotlight or... Same. And I really like stir it up. We started like really um, with more, more with a kind of idea of playing music, not like really commercial music. Mm-hmm. And then when, it, when a party develops, it changes a bit. Like I think it's in every, in most parties, they, they change. Mm-hmm. So we had to play more like commercial stuff yeah. because the party became bigger. And yeah, but that's not really who I am. So I always said, okay, let me play like in the beginning, I can play what I want. And mm. then the, and the, all the, the rest of the DJs can play like all the commercial stuff. So that's why I always played in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's just calm, I can play my own thing and that's it. I really don't like really all of the commercial, like the hits and stuff. So and, that's why. And with your show, like vibing out and even mm-hmm. like the type of song you selected for us to open, like, do you like that kind of chill yes. vibe? Yeah. Oh. I listen to that kind of music like a lot and I'm... I mean, I'm getting older. I'm not really, really a lot into the like the party and heavy. Like, <laughs> just let me just chill and yeah. <laughs> enjoy some music. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. And it's not too late. You could still do producing. No. Yeah, that's I don't what have I the wanted time. to say. Yeah, no, I don't it's have the time. over. I know. I I I had like a couple of years ago, like Ableton lessons, but it's so much. It's so it's so difficult, and I don't I don't have the time now. Mm-hmm. But like two little kids, mm-hmm. I yeah. really wanted to, but. No, it's it's and a lot of people offered like I want to teach you, but mm-hmm. oh, it's so it's so it's really hard. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, really I hard. agree that it that it's hard, but I think it's also just starting and doing it bit by bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Uh, but I have to say, I was overwhelmed as well because yes. I was like, oh, I want to do some producing, and then yeah. time and everything, and and then you're like, okay, no, I'm not gonna. You're overwhelmed. You're like, <laughs> yeah. okay, no, I'm yeah. not gonna do it anymore. Um, but I think also listening to other people starting out mm-hmm. and that are kind of like they're not necessarily they didn't bring out music yet but they also say like oh i'm just gonna i'm just practicing yeah just making some stuff and especially just making it for yourself yes sometimes you can also be like oh i have to then also yeah put out the music but maybe just start with that well that's what i'm trying to say to myself yeah it's it's (laughs) like a sort of a creative outlet i think music is like a creative outlet for me and i think I love DJing, but I really would like in that producing. You can make really your own stuff, but yeah. yeah, you have to really do it. And I suppose when you both first started DJing, that was intimidating and scary. And yes, for sure. And yes. look at you now. Yeah. So this could That's be the true. next evolution. <laughs> That's true. But I didn't have kids back then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that with kids, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, that is that it's difficult yeah, to plan it's yeah it's really to carve difficult. out time for yeah it. yeah okay so the next question i wanted to ask um is what are some common misconceptions about you when you dj um and i wonder especially as it pertains to being black women djs are there any stereotypes or um i don't know expectations that they have of you when you you're on the stage or you're going to be uh, yeah, I really would. I really want to know your side because you're really into the more house yeah. kind of. Vibe. Yeah, I was gonna say the type of music um, you play may not be what not necessarily like. when I'm on the stage. I think, mm-hmm. um, but just I think when I just tell some people like, oh, I'm I'm a DJ, then when I tell them like the type of music that I'm playing, they're like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> Because like uh, yeah, yeah house, yeah. techno, mm-hmm. electro, bass, like a lot of like the more electronic music is quite 
uh, whitewashed. No, but it's strange <laughs> because it started with black people. So it, I think that's really exactly. strange. Exactly. Yeah. But people don't know. No. So then they're like, oh, whoa, okay, interesting that yeah. you're playing that or that you're listening to that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's rooted in like black people started this. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but like, I also have to be honest that some black people also don't know. So a lot of black people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's just more in terms of like me telling them that I'm a DJ and then they, them not like matching the music to mm. kind of how I look. Mm-hmm. Um, but not necessarily, I think it's more tied into like me being a woman yeah. uh, DJing, like the other, like, so that's, so the one side is like people not really matching like the type of music to who I, what I look like. And mm-hmm. then the other side is just people not expecting you to be a good DJ or being mm-hmm. like super impressed or something. Mm-hmm. So meaning that they didn't think that you would be a good DJ, but then they're like, oh yeah, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> you did well, or I mm-hmm. really enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. Um or kind of like making those remarks where you're like, uh, is this like a compliment? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I had, I have had that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you get that sometimes from other DJs as well? Cause I wonder like the transition when you're going from one DJ to the next, I don't know, maybe you all know each other and it's all okay, but no, I, no. Okay. <laughs> but I wonder maybe if there's some people that are like, Oh, I, I really need to explain this to this girl. And like, she won't know it or, yeah how does that dynamic work um, not necessarily DJs? too much from other djs like mm-hmm. that are playing before or after you it's just mo- mainly like what happens around the or in the booth like yeah. just um uh, how do you say like the technique guys mostly like mm-hmm. just coming in and being like oh kind of turning down your volume like your master <laughs> stuff like that yes. where like, can you just like if you're if i would be like in a office yeah. working on my computer and you would also ask me like, before doing something you wouldn't be like let me take away your laptop mm, or something mm. so i think it's very strange uh, mm. that people just do that without or they like, always assume you don't know stuff about the, about the deck like exactly oh, i can i can play why are you yeah like <laughs> and I if i don't know, know i'll ask yeah. you you know yeah yeah um so it's kind of like more of the mansplaining happening than yeah. mm-hmm. where people just think com- being comfortable just coming in the booth or when you're playing something <laughs> yeah wow. <laughs> just do that or um yeah just yeah just these small things where i'm like oh this is crossing a boundary just mm-hmm. ask or um yeah yeah that those are the main things that were that happened mm-hmm. yeah um what about for you casey okay so well i started like 11 years ago so mm-hmm. and thinking what are them we had like i think three or two female djs mixtures um how the other lady called well i think two or three mm-hmm. So for me, it was really like like guys were just standing in front of my booth checking if I could really play. Wow! And then in the beginning, I played with uh, vinyl. I played with uh, Sadato. That is like that's like the digital vinyl. So then they were like, oh, oh, okay, so you can play vinyl. Then you got, a, it's a bit more impressed. And then they were like really shocked that I could mix. And they were like, it's really like the whole time like not not expecting you to really that you could really could play or that you're a book because of your because you're a woman or because of your, of your looks and that's I think that's so it, it's really annoying so for me it was that and and the other thing I um so I was DJing like for a year or two or something and then I think Natalie was starting DJing and mm-hmm. then guys were like oh there's another girl DJing they were like starting a fight like <laughs> like that like it's my competition like what do you think of that I'm like okay that's cool I, yeah. I, I, I can see play so it was really like they were starting like a sort of competition mm. but with guys they don't do it like mm-hmm. a lot of DJs are guys and they don't do it like oh my god he's a DJ now what do you think of that <laughs> it's really annoying that they were start like a fight or something or so I heard that kind of stuff and then 
so yeah, but I play like beats and hip hop and that kind of stuff. So it's not really it's not really surprising with the way I look. But I was and once I was DJing before Isaiah had a shot show, mm-hmm. and then I was playing like really beats and that kind of stuff. And then I think his store manager or his manager, I got off stage and he was like. Oh my god! I thought I thought a dude was playing because of the type oh, of music wow. you were playing. Like it was really it was really like really hard beats, and I was like, okay, strange, but yeah, like that kind of stuff. Really, not really colorized, but more like what you say, like more because you're a female, because you're a woman. Yeah. People are like assume you you can DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting getting the context as well. Like you started eleven years ago, and you started more recently. Have you both seen a shift in the interest in DJing when it comes yes. to? women or just non-cis men engaging in the field yes and like a really big change yeah like so a lot of girls are djing now or like the different genders (laughs) but um asking me if i could teach them so it's really cool i think it's it's cool to see like girls are starting to dj now starting to dj more instead of just only guys and what do you think prompted that like I think more, like more, we zeggen het voorbeelden, more, more yeah, examples, more, more, more examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think that really helped as well. Just seeing more women, de- like also me seeing specific women DJing mm-hmm. uh, really helped me to be like, oh, I can also do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and also like, yeah, so being part of M Feminine helped as well for me specifically. But I think having those examples, that's also what we hear when we sometimes give like DJ uh, workshops. Mm-hmm. People are really like, oh yeah, I'm really happy to see like women giving the workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having those examples and knowing that you could also do that is quite um, yeah. inspiring. Yeah. inspiring. Yeah. I think so too. And can you speak to the creation of Amp Feminine? Like how did it emerge? Why did you create it? What do you do? Um, yeah, so we started in 29, well, 2019. We, like uh, Jessica, so I'm just going to say the DJ name, Softbreak mm-hmm. and Ala Brown and I were in Berlin and we were just talking also about the scene in Rotterdam and the fact that at least from the ele- in the electronic scene, we mm-hmm. didn't see too many. We knew, knew that we're, there were some uh, uh, female DJs or mm-hmm. women DJing, uh but we didn't really see them too too much, so we were like, oh, especially in your to- electronic scene, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and all specifically in Rotterdam, like, yeah, yeah, some some names, but it's not too many often. So we're like, okay, we need to, we wanted to kind of come together and start start something, and then uh, Bella Hall and Cam Girl were also uh, also joined basically. And then we had our first party the week before Corona. Oh, <laughs> oh no, shit! <laughs> so yeah, but it was it was amazing. A lot of people showed up. It was, I think even sold out. It oh, was yeah. yeah, it was really nice. It was together with oh. Contra, who was had like had the Floor Angels, um, which was yeah, it was a really nice party. But yeah, we started something and we. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about the Michael Jackson lyrics. Was like, we, we started something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Random, but okay, just popped up in my head. We Yeah, we did the party and then Corona happened. So everything closed and then we're like, okay, what are we going to do? So we did uh, some residencies because radio shows, that was w- what we were thriving of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's how we kind of got together. We also had a lot of time to reflect and to talk about like what was happening in the scene um, uh, before uh, everything shut down. Um, 
so yeah, I, that's basically how I'm feminine uh, started. Um, we just saw we were yeah we were like okay, there's a lack of uh, women representation, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you started out with that first party before COVID hit. Um, was it initially just meant to be like a party where you'd platform other women electronic DJs? Was it meant to be, yeah, like what what did you intend to be and what have you become, I suppose? Um, so our main goal is to, at least for parties as well, uh, but also for radio shows, to just book women and non-binary people mm-hmm. um, to give them more of a platform. Yeah. So mostly... Uh, people who really haven't played a lot yet. Uh, we try to book them for our parties. Um, and what we do is, so we organize parties. Uh, we uh, do DJ workshops, mostly like one-off things in mm-hmm. collaboration where we are looking into doing like more long-term, like a series of uh, a workshop, um, DJ workshop. We did a producing workshop online during Corona, also oh. in collaboration with a really like a producer, <laughs> a non-binary producer uh, heading push buttons, what the organization uh, is called. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so we try to kind of really give people more of, yeah, of a platform, uh, specific, specifically so wom- uh, women and non-binary DJs. Um, and we're like also venturing a little bit into, yeah, music production uh, mm. ourselves personally, individually, but mm-hmm. like also like in terms of like organizing uh, uh, workshops around that. I love it. And you started in Berlin. Well, not you started in Berlin, but you were all Yeah, that's in- where we had our first conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, was there more, were you noticing more women and um, non-cis DJs there? Like, I wonder if that was like where you saw a, a contrast or, or not so much. Um, so yeah, Jessica Softbreak, uh, she did a, a course with No Shade uh, Berlin. Uh, I think they since uh, kind of closed down or mm-hmm. um, yeah decided to stop. But they they had like a DJ workshop for women and non-binary people, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm super correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so she already had that experience, kind of having that community of um, of people, yeah, of non-cis, <laughs> cis-head men uh, DJing mm-hmm. um, or learning how to DJ. And she really liked that community as well. So that also kind of was an inspiration to us to also start something in Rotterdam. Yeah. Love it. Um, and Casey, for you, mm-hmm. like with Stir It Up, like you and Natalie starting that, maybe you can describe like a, it was like a regular club night that you organized? No, so... Um, actually, we started at a little cocktail bar. The mm. thing is, I didn't actually know Natalie. I know I knew her from like the scene, like high and by, but I oh. really didn't know her. She knew I was DJing. I knew she was a, DJing a bit. So the first edition, she she hosted it in a, a cocktail bar. It's called Steer, and it, you had to you had oh. to go up a stair. So that's why Steer it up. Oh, that's where I, where the name's <laughs> from. <laughs> it was a cocktail bar. My bit of it and. She asked me uh, if I could play. And then she asked me, like, do you want to do it together? Oh. I'm like, okay, let's see. Let me, let's just do the evening and then we'll see uh, where it goes. And then it was really successful the first time. A lot of people showed up and then we had it the second time. And then the third time we had to change venue because it was too small. So we decided to do it together, actually. Uh, but it was like really an, um, like a more, um, how do you say, it? like more drinks kind of chill vibes mm-hmm. in the beginning, like 10 to 2, just chill and just... Yeah. Try. Uh, we wanted to play like new kind of sort of music, more beats, more different kind of stuff. We were we actually weren't really. Um, uh, how do you say it? 
thinking about booking women or this or that. It was just like, okay, you want a specific vibe and that's it. And then eventually it grew to like the suicide club and that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. and then it developed in like a more really party party. Yeah. And I wonder in terms of like the business of DJing mm-hmm. or like two women running this event, what was that like in terms of having to engage with venues or the technical people or uh, marketing? Like, uh, I wonder what that dynamic was like. Were you taken seriously? Was no. it a challenge? No, like the one thing we always came across in every, we did we did like different things, like mm-hmm. uh, like on, on a boat or, or a different venue or this or that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Every time we spoke to like the people from the venue, they really underestimated us like the mm-hmm. whole time. Like every time they underestimated us, like they didn't book enough um, staff, oh. uh, enough drinks because like it's more more black people, so it's a lot mm-hmm. of lot of um, whiskeys and kind of like more the how do you say it? Dark liquor. I don't know. Yeah, more like more <laughs> that kind of drink. So they always. Uh, I mean, they weren't prepared for the for what we could bring, so mm-hmm. it was really underestimated. Like every time, mm-hmm. and I think that's funny. Yeah. And how did you handle that? Yeah, really calm. Yeah. I was more like, um, "We'll see. You'll you'll see how it goes." What's happening? Sorry, we've got some <laughs> disturbances on the street. Like people are. <laughs> um, sorry, say that again. So no, I really didn't. Yeah, I really didn't care that much. I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, you'll see." Yeah. What happened? And did that change as the event got bigger and more people? No, oh, no. I don't, I'm not sure. Oh, no. I, 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 I think I stopped like a year oh, now, for a year now. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening now. I think Natalie, oh, she still tells me like people are still underestimating, but it's still happening mm. that people underestimate you. Yeah. They underestimate us as like two uh, yeah. black women. Yeah. And do you have that with Amp Feminine? Like when you say we're doing this event, we're going to have this type of crowd, like what are venues like how is what's the business element like um yeah so it really depends some Mm -hmm. uh venues are because we prefer to work with like a a venue that also has like floor angels or at least when we're when venues approach us it's always part of the question uh not all venues work with that so Mm -hmm. then that's also something to keep in mind considering like the crowd that we attract um most of the what times, crowd do you attract? Actually? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I would say like, yeah, it's a mix. Sometimes it's like more uh, women and like uh, mm. queer people, yeah, um, or people from the queer community. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a mix of that, but it really also depends on the city. Mm. Last year we did like more of a tour, so not all cities kind of knew us or mm-hmm. um then we ha- also had like specific just like for example we had a venue which was more of a pop podium so it was just like oh, they yeah. also had another party which was more kind of mainstream i don't know uh, uh yeah how do you say like pop music mm-hmm. uh, so then people from that party came to our party so it was not necessarily like our crowd mm-hmm. uh, or the people that usually come to our parties mm-hmm. um but like we always try to um yeah, for example, when we had uh, last year, we had the party with uh, Motel Mosaic, or it was this year's April, we had the party with Motel Mosaic, mm-hmm. and we had some floor angels also working with Contra. That was that was nice to have that on the floor and to know that people could go to uh, someone if some something happened. Um, so that's what we prefer, but it doesn't always work out like that. Mm-hmm. Um and in terms of like taking us seriously, it's more mostly I, I think about like the fee. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. When we discuss That's like, okay, thing. so sometimes people invite you and then they're like, oh, this is the total fee. And then 
mm-hmm. we're like okay we want to also we want to book some someone local we mm-hmm. want to book a headliner mm-hmm. uh, and then <laughs> we're not left with a lot mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it's mostly in terms of like the fees that we're getting offered. Mm-hmm. yeah offered and how do you navigate that like as a dj do you have like a manager that negotiates fees for you do you do it yourself do you know i'm gonna have to, like because i think it would be really interesting if like uh non-cis djs were talking to each other about going rates so that there could be like a i'm not accepting below this because i think sometimes mm-hmm. uh clubs uh, kind of leverage people's lack of awareness of of, Mm. of what's going on around them like how does it work in terms of like do you have management how do you negotiate fees all of this stuff so individually uh i have a booker oh okay um so he's the one negotiating my fees good love it (laughs) which is nice because i really don't like to do that yeah fair (laughs) enough um and i feel like he just yeah he he knows like kind of who, how to navigate that mm-hmm. and how to kind of advocate for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so enjoy that. But as M Feminine, we we don't we just do everything ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's something to kind of navigate and find out like whether we might need management in the mm-hmm. future and or whether we we're just gonna keep continue doing that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in terms of what you said about like discussing the rates. Uh, within M Feminine, we don't always do that, but mm-hmm. for certain venues, sometimes there's a check, like, hey, yeah. what what fee do you get? But then it also depends on, uh, like, I would say in the individual members in our uh, collective yeah. have different right. yeah, rates, mm-hmm. like looking at like how long they're playing, uh, how big they are. So that mm-hmm. also determines like, they like the venue that also thinks about like okay how much people are you going to attract and stuff like yeah. stuff like that so i can imagine that not always it wouldn't maybe be fair to be like okay you're getting the same fee as that person yeah. um but yeah sometimes we do check to kind of see like is this is this true yeah and i think also having that buffer of having and it sounds like a man who negotiates your rates i i assume that will probably creates a different dynamic as well how do you, what do you mean? So do you have a man, it's your booker. A your man, booker. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. your booker's like, okay, this is the rate. Whereas it sounds like in a lot of the dynamics you're talking about is like, you're coming forward, you're saying we're doing this event, da, da, da. it's not being taken seriously. You're being offered a lower rate. They're not expecting such a large crowd. So I think it's always interesting to think about like, what are the kind of like practical steps we can take? It's, worse, it's really strategic to get yeah. a man as, as a booker. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if we're going to talk strategically and mm-hmm. how people can get like what they deserve yeah. as well. And I wonder for you, Casey, how's no, it? No, like DJing, DJing for me has always been like a side thing. So okay. it wasn't really that serious in like my high times. <laughs> I I had like... <laughs> high times. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I understand. But it was That's just funny. Uh, like, uh, aren't you still, I feel like still like when no, you're hearing no, no. your name, it's like, oh yeah, no. she's a big DJ specifically in this. Yeah. I think maybe in the city, but yeah. not like outside. But no, oh. in, like in my high times, I just... I negotiated, but I had like a, a radio in my head and that's okay. I'm not, mm-hmm. it was really like a side thing for me. So okay. I wasn't really that difficult. Just with Stir It Up, I was more like um, business-wise than like for my own DJing actually. Okay, I get you, I get you. Um, so I'm going to shift slightly. I wanted to talk about motherhood and DJing. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so uh, Casey, you've now had the experience of being a pregnant DJ twice. Yes. Um what was that like and what has it been like trying to juggle and you kind of spoke about it in terms of your desire to do producing mm-hmm. but like juggling motherhood and DJing 
Well, I, I was thinking about it when, when I saw the questions. And I have to say, like, with, with Samuel, my first my firstborn, mm-hmm. it, was, it was easy. Like, one, if you have a partner that's really helpful, then yeah. things change. I mean, things change a lot. I will, I will pay you things change a lot, but you still <laughs> have... Because I was like, <laughs> I need some tips. <laughs> but you still, you still have a lot of freedom. Like, when you're, have to go, you have to DJ somewhere, or I had, I had to tear it up. I, mm-hmm. Martin was tied to, to take care of for Samuel, mm-hmm. or I had my parents, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, Alain, in the morning, in the morning, like, a baby wakes you up. That's, that's, the, that's the other thing. But it's okay. You can, you, can, you can still juggle it. But now with my second born, it's like five months now. And it's... You really need each other to do like the the simplest things at home, mm. and mm. so and they they like like two boys on the floor, so it's really like chaotic at home. So I now I see I could really change. Like I have to really I have to really step back mm. and do like just a couple of things mm-hmm. in a month or whatever, or f- because it's just too hard. Mm. So for me. Yeah, it's a really big change. And I love it, but it's a really big change. <laughs> I was going to say, like, how do you feel about that? Because you might be like, you know what? I've really loved DJing and I'm okay to take it slower for a while. Or, oh, I wish there was more. Like, I wonder if we were to radically imagine, like, a world in which, like, uh, DJs were expected to be parents and present parents, mm-hmm. how that might change the dynamic. Because I think with uh, most male DJs, they're not asking them. No. Who's looking after the kids? No. Or you sure no. you can do so this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they never ask. Yeah. They never ask. Yeah. Um, like, do you feel conflicted about it, or are you like, you know, it's no, okay? No, no. For yeah. me, it's okay because yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'm clubbing like since I was 17. <laughs> I DJed like 11, 11 years ago. For me, it's uh, the whole club scene is like, oh, I'm so, I'm getting old. Like, okay. no. So for me, it's okay. I just accepted my fate. Like, <laughs> I will go to a club sometimes. And I feel sleepy and I want to go home, and it's okay. I want to be with my baby. Me so, too. <laughs> yeah, I really don't mind. <laughs> You're acting like you're really, aren't we the same age? Yes. Yeah. I okay. think so. No, but uh, yeah, for, for that's my personal, like, yeah. I mean, I really like, I really like, like uh, love clubbing, but yeah. not, not, not now. Not all, yeah, I get, I get you. I hear you. And like and, once in a while. And your vibe is more vibing out, that it's yes. more chilled. Like, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I love my, love my radio show at Operator because mm-hmm. that's really like my, one hour, two hours of being alone with music and Aww. not with babies around you. So mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah. But no clubbing, Mm-mm. not for me, not not now anymore. Okay. Fair enough. Deborah, what about you? Yeah. Um, what weather clubbing is still yeah, something no, for me now? No, no, no. I wonder, like, um, have you still been DJing at the same rate as your pregnancy has progressed? Um, no, I, I decided quite early on that I wanted to kind of take it a little bit more slow. Mm-hmm. Um, also because last, so I'm in general, I'm, I'm combining like a four, yeah, just a day job with DJing. Mm-hmm. So like being booked, like every weekend is a lot, I think. <laughs> you Even don't without like, you know, being pregnant. Yeah, without being pregnant <laughs> yeah, or without, without pregnant, having kids. Exactly. It's, it's a lot. Like if I would only be DJing, then I think I oh. would have uh, DJed mm-hmm. for a longer time. But my last gig was in September, end of mm-hmm. September. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really also a highlight, good thing to close off with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I didn't. And I, and I am happy with that choice mm-hmm. as well because I just got some time to rest and like having the day job is already like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's already in, intense enough. Um, 
And I think in terms of like starting things back up, um, yeah, I'm also going to take that slow and mm -hmm. just see what happens. Because I can imagine like here you speak, I'm like, <laughs> I think I need to, you know, really ease into into motherhood. Yeah, and, and adjust and like the adjust and, and, and like um, accept like the difference because you're a different person. Yeah. When you have a baby, it's it's you're different. Yeah. But it's really nice. It's a really nice different, but um, but it's just different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. So I also I already I have a quite involved partner. So I expect in terms of like him stepping up and like mm -hmm. taking care of the the baby, while I would, for example, be DJing or like my parents. I think that would be something that would be covered. But in terms of like mentally, like really being there and being like ready to you know. Yeah, kind of expose yourself to a crowd and all the energy that's that's mm -hmm. there. I think I would really need to take my time. Uh, and yeah, I also have the luxury of doing that because I do have a day job. Mm -hmm. um, so in that in in that sense, I have the stability. But like, um, yeah, this is just like what I have in mind in terms of pregnancy. And mm -hmm. I just try to take it slow, like ease it down this year uh, mm -hmm. as I uh, as the time was progressing. And I'm also gonna slowly ease back in. Yeah. <laughs> And have you noticed a difference, like when you were both pregnant, like when you're DJing, are people like shocked to see someone with a bump? Are they like excited? Are they more gentle with you? I wonder if there's certain dynamics that um, happen with that. For me, I I think, so the last time I played, I was not super visibly pregnant. Okay, yeah. uh, and I'm also not really, like I'm wearing quite a lot of baggy clothes so people <laughs> didn't really know, unless there were people there that I told. Mm -hmm. um, I did tell the, the we did tell the venues so mm -hmm. they could keep him, uh, keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. And some venues were super supportive and they were like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're going to make sure that nobody smokes around the booth. Oh, yes. Like especially the last gig at like, I don't know, shout out to Mike, I think his name was. Yeah. It was really nice, like taking care of like, okay, yeah. taking really good care of me mm -hmm. uh so yeah when the venue some venues were like yeah more accommodating uh with that making sure that i could run to the toilets like that. <laughs> yeah, so i get that <laughs> um, but yeah no i didn't really get from the crowd no i didn't really get specific reactions because i was not really visibly pregnant at the the last times that i played yeah so i don't know maybe for you it's different no i think I, same like the first time i had stir it up and everybody i mean a lot of people i knew there mm -hmm. i knew stir it up so they knew and they were really protective like somebody's standing too close that kind of stuff um and i played at border room i think when i was five months pregnant oh wow but they were really nice they were really nice yeah here in front of them so that was nice but i think the second uh pregnancy i didn't play that much mm -hmm. because i already already stopped uh with stir it up and i just did operated till i couldn't get up the stairs anymore so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was really calm fair enough fair enough um, I suppose I have a question in terms of like, what would be your dream for the future of women DJing? Because we've seen it evolve, that more people getting involved. It sounds like maybe the structures around it could be improved to make it a bit smoother for non-cis men engaging in the space. But like, if you could, if you could wish something for the future of women DJing, what, what would that be? Ooh. Yeah, good question. I think first thing that comes up for me is like that it's just normal normalized that mm -hmm. it's not necessarily oh yeah I don't know it's just like throughout society of course for specific um, uh, professions people are like oh it's a woman doing that mm -hmm. <laughs> or it's a queer person doing that and mm -hmm. I'm like let's just normalize that everybody can just 
do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, it's good to take in mind like certain differences or whether maybe we need a certain type of accommodation. Uh, so in that sense, it's good to think about that. But in terms of like really highlighting necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I have some difficulty with that. The mm. fact that it, there's so much like... Um, Seems like almost controversial, like sometimes when, oh yeah, yeah women are DJing, you know, or women are playing soccer. I also had this conversation with my partner. I was like, yeah. Just Aren't like, we done now? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh. Just, yeah, yeah, so even like, even for maybe collectives like and feminine to not necessarily have to advocate so much, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. um, it's then so normalized mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that everyone is DJing. Yeah. yeah. Or like a female only lineup, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah I really, yeah. I don't like it. For me, it's like, but it's like the whole scene and the whole music industry and the whole entertainment industry sexualizing women like that. I think some DJs, especially in the mainstream, mainstream DJs, I see that like the female DJs in the mainstream uh, scene are like really sexualizing themselves and like really half naked. And I'm like, well, aren't we done with this already? <laughs> really? Is it necessary? But apparently it's still necessary, but that's like the whole entertainment industry has to change then. Yeah. And I think it's that's not never gonna, gonna end, but for me, that will be a really nice future. <laughs> yeah. And I suppose like that, that anything's possible, right? If you want to be, I don't know, raunchier behind the decks, that's cool. But also if you don't want to be that, that's exactly. totally acceptable yeah. as well. And how do we make space for... Well, and and I mean, more in a sin, more in a, in a sin. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Dutch English. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, <that's fine. laughs> more like, girls like uh, that, that girls don't, need, don't, need, don't have to feel the need to really yeah. Yeah. act that way. If you want to act that way, it's cool. But yeah. don't feel the pressure mm-hmm. to be like... Half yeah. naked or whatever. That's my future. My yeah, yeah. Be a nice future. Beautiful. Um. So if someone's listening and they'd like to know more about you or your work, where can they go? I'm gonna start with you, Casia. Poor Casia Smith Instagram. I think mm-hmm. not really that special. Oh, <laughs> You're such a down player. And if you want to listen to her radio show here on Operator, it's called Vibing Out. Yes, with Julia. With Julia. There Together you go. With, with Julia. Julia. With yeah. Julia. With Julia. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> And Bora, if they wanted to find out uh, more about Amp Feminine and you, where should they go? Yeah, so Amp Feminine on Instagram. Instagram, it's A-M-P and then Feminine. Uh, my Instagram is a little bit harder to find, but it's Deborah <laughs> two times underscore, X, two oh, times wow. underscore. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was already, was already gone. <laughs> No, I actually had a different one and then I changed it and I was like, uh, I think I made it more complicated. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> Well, the people that find you obviously really want to find you then. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, we're going to close out with your song, Deborah. So you chose And the Crystal Neck Snap. What a title. <laughs> <laughs> so like, why did you pick this song and what does it mean to you? Um, yeah, I picked this song because I played a lot in my sets. Um, I don't know, something resonated with me uh, with me when I pl- uh, heard the song for first for the first time. Uh, it's actually a song by so the the song is by DJ Duplex, but it's a kind of um, alter ego of uh, Moma Reddy, a DJ f- slash producer from New York, mm-hmm. which I feel like really embodies like the kind of contemporary nature of like electronic music, where it's and a little bit where it's going as well. Uh, and the lyrics that you hear comes from an underground resistance track uh, called Transition. And Underground Resistance is one of the groups, like the, one of the founding groups of, yeah, within the techno uh, scene, I would say. And the lyrics also is a little bit, <laughs> if you really listen to it, it's um, 
it can also have you go into like a little bit, a little bit of an ex- existential crisis i oh, would no. say <laughs> no not no not not too bad it's just like it, it it's a reflective song i would say it's really punchy and it has you dancing but it also has you reflecting which i i really like that tension as well perfect so, um, and i i didn't get to ask it earlier but when you were talking earlier about um people being surprised that you you um you speak you play techno um and electronic music but that having a, a really strong black history could you speak a little bit to that for people that maybe you don't know about that um in terms of like where to start if you want to do some research yeah. look at <laughs> detroit techno mm-hmm. look at belleville tree mm-hmm. um uh jeff mills like all the like big well it's a lot of male, black, mm-hmm. older DJs mm-hmm. uh, within the electronic scene. But that was the time, That right? was the time, yeah. a little bit. But there are some women. I was going to say. DJ Minx. Yeah, yeah, so there are. Like, if you do your research, there also are some women as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely look at them as well. Um, but yeah, so I that's also where I started my research. Because first, like, when I entered my... Uh, how do you say that? Like, my first... Um, and when I first heard, heard like techno and house, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah. Cause I was like in the Netherlands and within white crowds, I was like, oh, okay, nice. But I really like this. And then, I don't know, I was talking to some people and then they, they told me and then I did my research and I became even more proud, like of me mm-hmm. listening to the music and yeah. kind of knowing uh, a lot about it or t- trying to learn more and more about it. I wouldn't say a lot, a lot, um, but yeah, definitely do your research because it's uh, it's not it's not it's it's super whitewashed. But the origins are in Detroit, a very black city. Brilliant. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so we're going to listen to DJ Suplex and the Crystal Neck Slap. Slap. Snap. Snap. Slap. <laughs> Snap. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today and uh, sharing your perspectives. It was really great having you. Thank you for Thank you. asking us. No worries. Having us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We're at the end. <laughs> Am I happy with the people around me? Am I happy with the people around me? Am I happy with what I'm doing? Am I happy with what I'm doing? Am I happy with the way my life is going? Am I happy with the way my life is going? Do I have a life? Do I have a life? Or am I just living? Or am I just living? Do not let these questions restrain or trouble you. Just point yourself in the direction of your dreams. Find your strength in the sound. And make your transition. 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 Do I spend too much time thinking and not enough doing? Did I try my hardest at any of my dreams? Did I purposely let others discourage me when I knew I could? Will I die never knowing what I could have been or could have done? Don't let these doubts restrain or trouble you. No, there is a truth that just wipe yourself in the direction of your day. Find your strength in the sound. Make your transition. Make your transition.